Hey everybody, welcome back to our podcast from Mount Vernon. This is going to be about the book How We Got to Now by Stephen Johnson. My name's Joe. I'm Henry. I'm Aiden. And my name's Braden. And so, uh, like we said, we're just we're going to be talking about this book and going a little bit more detail about what the book kind of goes through and its journey and then what it means. It's pretty interesting. So basically, the book is how we, so it's How We Got to Now by Stephen Johnson. And basically what it's talking about is it's how ideas build off other ideas. And it's not about really about the singular idea. Right. Yeah. Right. Everything in this book, every, there's six chapters. Every chapter is its own kind of tree. It's like an oak tree. There's a lot of roots. So for the chapter of time, I would say you're going to have Jalee Jaleo's pendulum clock Galileo, Galileo. So, sorry, <laughs> clock. And then we're going to have um, the way to measure latitude. And so those are the solid roots that came from time. And then it builds to this solid base of idea of everyone being able to check their own time, which came with the, uh, I think, is it the EM uh, Willery watch? I, I'm sorry, I'm mispronouncing the name. That's fine. But it's this, po- it was a pocket watch. And then everyone started to be able to have time. So that was this solid base that everyone had time. And then from that came all of this branch of ideas and different innovations you never thought would have connected, such as like caffeine products. And nobody needed caffeine because they just went to bed at sunset, woke up at sunrise. So if no one needed caffeine, all of a sudden people need caffeine because you know they only get a very few hours of sleep because of the work schedule. So all these new products and ideas come from a solid base idea. Right, right. And like like you said with the pocket watch, the reason it was able to be so cheap was because they he mass produced it, right? So then that opened up a whole new field of mass producing things. Um, yeah, so another branch. Right, another branch. There you go. Um, I loved personally the clean chapter, and while the documentary was pretty disgusting, I thought the chapter was pretty interesting. Um, I loved this guy in there. His name is Ellis Cheesebro. Uh, he was an engineer and they brought him into Chicago and Chicago was kind of disgusting in the 1800s. So they brought him in to try and kind of fix the sewer system. Right. So he tried to fix the sewer system. And, uh, the only issue with Chicago is kind of on a slump. Um, so instead of, I mean, I don't know, honestly, what I would have done, but his idea was he raised the city. Like he literally raised the city with jack screws and a ton of people 10 feet off the ground, which is crazy. And there's a quote in there about what Stephen Johnson talks about a quote um, about this English guy who comes in or no, he doesn't really do anything. He's just there. And he writes about, he's like, I had to stop on the, on my way to work because a house was crossing the street because they had to raise the houses and move them, which is ridiculous. Um, Yeah. When I saw that as well, I saw thought that was completely crazy. Like, just imagine in modern day society, just you driving down in your car, just waiting at the road, and you have to wait at a stoplight because a freaking house is moving across the road. Right. Speaking of the modern day, uh, I mean, his sewer system is still being used. So he was a very good engineer because it's still being used 200, 150 years later. Here's a, so. The, probably my favorite chapter in this book is probably the glass chapter 
just because it really shows how connected minds think alike or how Steven Johnson put it was chance favored the connected mind. It's like, it's like how, because these, uh, the houses in Italy were wooden, they had to move all the glass makers to an island because of how they had to make glass was they had to, you have to heat up glass to this very high temperature and it was burning down all these houses. So basically they moved them to this island ending up and because all the glass makers were on this island, they all like kind of communicated. So their minds were like a single, like huge glass mind. So they could think uh, that their thinking power basically was much higher because all these people are thinking at the same time. So it allowed them to make much more clear glass. Yeah, the like it, all that stuff like came from an effect. It's like called the hummingbird effect, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just all, yeah, the idea is just spreading out and building. And didn't they also like from that clear glass make like lenses and that's how we got like telescopes and microscopes and all that. Right. And like I was saying in the beginning, it's like all of this was able to be passed because of like the Gutenberg printing press and all these different things, just like they all just build off and there's beautiful like branches like Brandon was saying with the oak tree. Yeah. What I found the best about the last chapter was when in the Isle of Marana, when they were all stuck together, it created this just super knowledge hub. Yeah, like the, like I was saying, the super glass mind type thing. Well, I think I'm going to talk about my chapter next, which is my favorite and it's known as the chapter of light. And it's pretty interesting because it starts in the most unlikeliest of places in the brain. No, not the brain, just the head of a whale and not just any whale, a sperm whale. It's pretty interesting how it started because when people, people were just harpooning after this sperm whale and they just found this fluid inside of its head, which would be known as spermaceti. And it was this oily stuff that was able to make a cleaner, brighter candle than the existing candles made, candles made out of animal fat. So it's pretty crazy because it goes from that to oil lamps to the invention of the light bulb. But the invention of the light bulb is by far the craziest because you're probably thinking that Thomas Edison is the one who patented and invented the light bulb, but there were 54 others, just about 54 others who did it. And what Thomas Edison did was he pulled a fast one on the reporters to try and get them to say, hey, implore my light bulb. Because in reality, they would only last five minutes, but afterwards he began making the real light bulb. And then it goes all the way to talking about lasers and this is the cool part because apparently lasers are being used in nuclear fission to try and make a cleaner and more efficient energy. Yeah. Um, it's, it's crazy how everything is, especially in the past 200 years. I mean, Stephen Johnson talked about it where if you looked at the world just 300 years ago and before that, you just saw the, like if you're an alien seeing earth, all you'd see is just the weather and normal whatever you'd see like there's no light at night but then the past 200 years all these innovation and lights you saw the world slowly get brighter and brighter until where it is today where i think you see light from everywhere whenever the world's turning you can see artificial light i mean because of light also like sleep schedules light changed so much about us it's kind of hard to comprehend all the things that it changed um yeah. 
like our sleep schedule, right? We used to go to just bed whenever the sun came down and when we would wake up and the sun came up, but because of artificial light, we could fall asleep later and we could wake up earlier. It all originated from the skull of a whale. Yep. I mean, I think that's kind of the truth with every single story about this book or in this book is it kind of traces back all the way, like Brain was saying, to the single root innovation. But if you look at today, everything you see, if you trace back far enough, you'll find its root, but it'll take like 200 years. Um, so I think that's why this book is so interesting, or to me at least, because it, it not only shows you, like Henry was saying, how, like the innovations, yes, they're very cool, but it shows you how, like Aiden saying again, uh, spermaceti fluid goes to use to neon light and spermaceti goes to using lasers with nuclear fission. I mean, that's why this book is really good. Um, it's good because you it talks about great ideas from people that you probably never even heard of. Right. That's all I have for the book. Anybody else got anything? No, I think I'm good. I think we... I think, I think we covered our bases. All right. All right. Thanks for everybody listening. Uh, hope you enjoy. Hope you enjoy what we talked about. And if you're interested, Stephen Johnson's How I Got to Now, a great book. Yes, it is. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Yeah.